Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Well, two days ago, Mel Tucker was answering questions following Michigan State's impressive win over Richmond. But today, he finds himself suspended in the subject of a Title IX investigation that may very well cost him his job. It's been a shocking two days in East Lansing for students, athletes, fans, and observers of the program. So how did we get here, and what's next for the program? We will discuss on Episode 120 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast Rain and champion Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel with you on a rainy Monday, September 11th, 2023. And guys, I think we talked last week. We we expected to come on the pod this week and, and preview the Spartans' biggest game to date, you know, as Washington comes to Spartan Stadium this weekend. But, uh, you know, as they say, uh, we've got bigger fish to fry as the, the shocking news regarding Mel Tucker that broke late Saturday night and continued to develop yesterday. So, Matt, I'm sure you're you're sleep deprived. You can you can start us off kind of on where we stand, but uh, obviously some truly shocking news to get on what I'm sure was already a very long day. Yeah, I mean, I mean the details of the report and and credit to USA Today, it was uh, very thorough reporting. Um, I mean, it's shocking would would be one way to put it that Mel would uh, allow himself that would, he would make decisions like that. Um, that he would basically risk it all for, for something like, I just, I don't understand it. You know, I, you know, you think you, you know, you kind of get a sense for people, you know, being around him for a few years. So uh, I did not see something of this detail coming, but here it is. And I mean, I, this is going to have to play out, but there's no way in hell he coaches another game for Michigan state. That, that's just not going to happen. So, uh, I don't know how this rest of the season is going to look, but I can't imagine we will be talking to Mel Tucker ever again at Michigan State. You, you can't have him up there representing the university. That's just not possible. So uh, Mel Tucker is almost certainly over, and uh, it was a uh, interesting one, I, I guess. But um, the allegations against him are obviously very damning, and they're very serious. So at no point in time trying to make light of this, but. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was a weekend. What was your reaction, Kyle? I, you know, I, I think it was like everybody else's, um, you know, just shocked that, um, he, he could be so reckless, um, and, and engage in that sort of behavior. Um, a- anybody who works in college athletics has to know that, um, that doing that, um, uh, you can't coach again after that comes to light. And, um, it, I mean, he is. He is suspended, but that's, I mean, my interpretation is he's suspended to be fired uh, because if you're Michigan State, um, 
if you fire him, if so what they're waiting on is the title, the final Title IX um, hearing, which will determine if he broke school rules or not. If it's determined that he broke school rules, um, I believe they'll be able to fire him and probably save a significant amount of money. Um, he's got what is it, man? High seventy million something uh, left on his contract. Um, if they were to just fire him for wins and losses, they'd owe him all that. Um, according to the contract, if he um, engaged in moral turpitude, um, and, you know, the old moral contract. I got it right here. The the university's regional judgment would tend to bring public disrespect, contempt, or ridicule upon the university. I think that covers it. So sorry for so, interrupting. No, no, no problem. So, so basically, um, it, by suspending him um, now and maybe firing him later, they could get out of much, uh, probably not all, but most of that $70 million, which, you know, isn't going to matter much to Michigan State fans. But if you're wondering why he's not fired and he's suspended right now, that's why. Um, and... Yeah, I mean they're they're kind of back to back to square one, and and we should probably talk a little bit. I think about Matt about the specifics, um, and Brand, if you want to if you want to jump in too. I mean, I know a lot of people have questions why he was suspended now, why not in December, why not in July? Um, I, I think we got some answers on that yesterday, but but probably not enough for a lot of people. No, I don't. I think they could have. Um, I mean, credit to them for having a press conference, uh, not just putting out a statement. Uh, but you know, they could have done a better job explaining. They could have taken more questions than three. Uh, and so the, the timeline is, you know, uh, uh, the complaint was filed in, in December, late December, I believe, uh, Michigan state immediately hires an outside third party investigator. They file their report July 25th, right? Kyle, I think was the, the date was submitted. Um, and, recommended that there be a, a hearing uh week of October 5th. How much did MSU's leadership really know? Uh, you know, I asked Alan yesterday why, you know, you laid out this timeline. Why now? Why make, you know, you you knew there was obviously some knowledge of the situation. Why did make the decision to suspend now after it goes public in, in the media? And he didn't, you know, he just said, yeah, you know, we're just working through the process. There were interim measures in place. And, you know, this is another one. And then in the evening, a university spokeswoman confirms that MSU leadership, including Allen, did not know the details until the USA Today report came out. Now, assuming that's true, why the hell wouldn't you say that yesterday? I don't, I mean, I just... I, that should have been the first thing if said, and it should have been said over and over because that, if that's the case, I mean, that's, that makes protect yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, everyone's sitting there thinking that they knew all this stuff for months and, and they didn't, you know, if you take them at their word, um, they didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone thinks that it just became public, but like Mel, Alan Haller found out about the very graphic specific details of this the same time we the rest of us did. Mm-hmm. And that's a big distinction because that's what a lot of the dialogue and discourse was on social media. You know, people from the outside, you know, obviously blaming Mel Tucker, but then looking internally at Michigan State, which is an athletic department that has, is turmoil the correct word? I mean, they've had interim everything in leadership, you know, people coming in and out, you know, so... Let's put it this way. Michigan State has not earned the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And I don't think there's anybody that can argue the opposite of that. They have put themselves in the position 
to be questioned because of <laughs> horrible decisions made at multiple levels over a number of years that I don't think we need to revisit all of them, but this is, this is their bed more or less, you know, that not, you know, they're not on the hook for what Mel Tucker, the decisions he made, obviously that's all on him, but the perception of the university, you got, you got to own it based on past actions. Yeah. And just, I guess just from my standpoint, you know, and, and I know a lot of people just talking to fans and season ticket holders and people through, you know, the last couple of days as this has come down, it's just a lot of like sadness, frustration, anger, you know, the timing of this Mel Tucker, you know, year four, year, year three, really, if you don't count COVID, you know, you're starting to see some of his guys get into the program. You're starting to see players start to sort of step up. You can see sort of his vision taking shape. He obviously had the great 21 season. Um, and, you know, Mel's just kind of been preaching, building momentum, telling the fan base to trust in him, telling him his players to trust in him. And then, you know, preaching high character stuff like constantly. And then he's doing this, you know, behind closed doors. And it's just, I don't blame anyone who feels duped. I don't blame anyone who feels betrayed by this. It's just, you wanted to believe in this guy. You wanted to believe in his vision for Michigan state. You wanted to believe that he could kind of, cause when he arrived, he sort of changed things, you know, it's very much represented a culture shift in the D'Antonio era where it was a lot more flashy, even though he was still preaching the hard nose toughness stuff. And, um, it took a while for some people to get on board, but some people jumped in fully, myself included. I was down in South Florida yelling tuck coming, you know, when they beat Miami a couple years ago. And, you know, it's just, it's, it just feels, you know, it, I feel betrayed. I think a lot of people feel betrayed. I think a lot of people wanted to buy into what this guy was selling and kind of feels like a snake oil salesman now. Mel sold, uh, <laughs> he sold the fans on a vision and in the end it was all, you know, he was out there. It was, it's hypocritical. You know, he's out there, like you said, he's preaching things that he didn't follow through on. And ultimately that will be his legacy at Michigan state is, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable way to, to flush away nearly $80 million. You know, he said he, he wanted a, you know, yeah, what did he, he wanted his, leave a legacy i can't remember the exact wording um he did this isn't this isn't this ain't it this isn't what he was looking for so yeah uh i just think it's a sad reminder that you never really know these guys and uh if you're a fan root for your team support them or everything but i don't know he got he got deified a little bit and he won some games and he had some personality and i, I don't blame people for kind of getting behind mel but i don't know just keep in mind that you know, you don't really know these guys based on their carefully crafted social media and their, their quips and everything. And um, Mel is far from the first um, guy to have a fall from grace in college sports, and he won't be the last. So just another reminder of that. We might not get we're not going to probably even get through the week before somebody else in college sports does something no. incredibly uh, stupid. But, you know, that's just the nature of the the business although uh, dan watchell wrote in his column he said mel is getting in the hall of fame for for this one as far as coaching ones and i i, I tend oh. to agree with that he's yeah. right up there uh -huh. with some of the others man with bobby petrino on the motorcycle and some of the other ones you've had oh like... Petri the petrino <laughs> press conference where he's in the neck brace oh my gosh but really i mean like you mentioned it Matt. like matt mel and you did too kind of cow like mel always from the start had this very like flashy sort of master marketer style like the social media was incredible you know, obviously posing with the fancy cars and taking recruits on his you know whatever it's called g-wagon or whatever and then bringing the goats and the dogs on the field and 
you know, it was always very sort of social media leaning into the hip, cool, new age style of trying to get recruits. And I think people like us who started to follow Mel, you know, multiple years and sitting through his nothing burger press conferences and, you know, he's always preaching, you know, hard nose hitting football, but all the time we never really saw that on the field, you know? So his, his words were kind of ringing out hollow after a while, I think, you know, it was kind of like, is he just putting out coach speak? Is he just saying things just to say them? Cause it's like the right thing to say. I think people who follow the program closely were kind of starting to get that vibe with him. Not to say that he's not a good football coach, but I don't know. It just, he I was, he was starting to not feel genuine to me. It started to feel like a lot of flash with no substance. And um, I guess this was just kind of an example of, of that, you know, he's clearly doing the opposite of what he's preaching. So there are, there are two Mel Tuckers at least um, there's the image. There's the Mel when there's a microphone and a camera in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's very calculated in what he says, and it's usually not much. Um, and he admits to basically, and he said flat out, I'm not, trying to give you any information that could help the other teams. So whatever, I get that. Now, off the record, Mel is a very, very engaging, you know, charismatic individual. You know, I've, they, you know, geez, when was it? It was June 2021 when the recruiting dead period finally lifted and, you know, go up to this camp at Ferris State, you know, and, and Mel's out there and, gives a little spiel to the the campers and, you know, comes over for a little interview with the, you know, TV cameras and they, you know, they go away for after a few minutes and there's just a, like, I think there was three of us reporters standing there and he's still answering questions and something gets asked and he's like, well, is this on the record or off the record? And we're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, off the record's fine. It wasn't something important. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, 45 minutes, an hour later, and we're still just standing there chatting, you know? Very, you know, very, like I said, very charismatic and personable in, in person. Um, and, you know, you saw it with donors and you see it on the golf course, you know. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to need to get some more sleep before I try to come up with a rational <laughs> thought. But We don't blame you, man. We don't blame you. <laughs> I think it's just a lot of, you know, like people feel duped. They don't feel like they got, we got the real guy, you know. It's just, it's a lot of. Like I said, frustration, sadness, anger. You know, I think I do think people need to sort of take this now. And, you know, I, we're not going to really get into the games that much on today's podcast because they're just not as important as what's happened, you know, over the last couple of days here. But, you know, the players, they're the players and his coaches are the ones who are going to be most directly impacted by this. And, you know, I think from a fan base standpoint, they should not blame the kids at all, not blame, you know, his coaches. Like they should rally behind them and it should be an electric atmosphere against Washington on Saturday. But, you know, it's it's uh, it does bring the question up of where does Michigan State go from here? You know, they, they're two and zero. They played a pretty complete, good game as you would have expected against Richmond, and you know some bad areas, I guess. But you know, they they played a pretty decent game, and you know they they got Washington coming to town, a top ten team that looks like one of the best teams in the country. They're probably going to debut the black jerseys. Like it's going to be an electric atmosphere, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see where the program goes from here because. Uh, like you guys said, neither of you think Mel Tucker's ever going to coach again at Michigan State, and this moved very quickly, and they did announce Harlan Barnett, who's obviously been the most tenured assistant. Secondary's coach is going to take over the guy, I guess, the, the de facto head coaching job, and then kind of the shocker of it all is Mark D'Antonio back on the sidelines, which or something in some capacity is going to be on the coaching staff, which is... He will be wearing a headset, according to Alan Haller. 
Yes, he will be wearing a headset. That's about all we know right now. But like, you know, my dad would offhanded, you know, last year when Mel Tucker was going through a struggle, was like, bring back D'Antonio. You know, a lot of fans say this. And it's just absolutely blowing my mind that it's actually going to happen. <laughs> like, Allen's decision to, to name Harlan the acting coach, that makes, you know, sense. You know, this was a guy that some fans wanted to have the job when it became open after, after Mark left. Uh, I don't think he was in a position to, obviously, to be – to, to get the job then. But, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows Harlan, you know, uh, long, you know, an All-American player at Michigan State, went to, you know, NFL, and, you know, he's been on staff. Uh, you know, Mark had him at since he brought him here in 2007, and, you know, he's been here minus, the, you know, he was at Florida State for those two years. But, he you know, he's – that's I, I get that, obviously, but bringing back Mark D'Antonio, I did not see that coming. Um, and I, I think, and I mean, you can't question Mark's credentials as a coach, you know, this guy's on the, on the ballot for the next class of the college football hall of fame for a reason. He did things at Michigan state. Nobody thought were possible, but everybody seems to have forgotten how this ended. Um, it was not pretty, you know, the, you know, the, you know, for that 36 and five run and there's three and nine, all the, you know, the sexual assault stuff bringing Austin Roberts into campus, which never should have happened in a million years. And then, you know, you finish with seven and six, seven and six, and it's just not good. And and he, you know, he waits till the, the 4.3 million retention bonus kicks in and, and walks away at a really bad time for Michigan State, you know, in February when uh, the coaching carousel has already spun. Recruiting the the following signing period was the next day, I believe. So it, it left Michigan State in a tough spot. Um, so it's just an interesting, interesting decision. Let's put it that way. Uh, we'll be real curious to see how this works. You know, when the guy who basically had as much power as anybody on campus, you know, rivaling maybe Izzo, you would think. And now he's an associate coach on a staff that was put together by Mel. It's Mel's Mel's coordinators. And I, I how the hell is this going to work? Is it, I don't know. It, there's there are so many moving parts. It's going to be going to be something to watch. This season just got a lot more interesting, man. This is this is like bizarro world where you've got Mark D'Antonio coaching a team full of Mel's players and Mel's coaches, and like just. It's it's crazy. I think I think the thinking is stability, right? I mean, like at least Mark D'Antonio is a guy who knows Michigan State. He's been around the program. He's come in. He's obviously had amazing success, the winningest coach of all time in the program. I think Alan Haller, the leadership prime this time, is just like, let's bring in a guy who can help Harlan Barnett out to kind of just like steady the ship or keep it afloat or get maybe get guys to buy in. I know I saw some tweets out there that you know, the guys were excited when they heard Mark D'Antonio was going to come in. You know, maybe that's just hearsay or talk, but I think it's just trying to steady the ship, you know, like just bringing a guy who can help keep things afloat. I'll add that, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody on that staff has ever been a head coach, right? In the college? No. Like a, like a college head coach. I'm saying like the job of running a large Big Ten program is incredibly large and complex. And even if Mark D'Antonio had, wasn't doing a great job of it by the end, I think he has value in at least knowing what it takes to do that job. Um, and and Harlan's a good coach, but I think step. I think they wanted somebody 
on that staff who has been a college head coach before. And if they had a coordinator, you know, a lot of schools have coordinators that have been a college head coach. If that was the case, maybe you don't have to bring in D'Antonio. But um, I wonder if that was part of it. Yeah, that's a very good point. What other tangible impacts do you see on the program coming from this? I mean, are they going to lose players? Probably uh, recruits might take another look at different schools. I mean, you know, Mel was the guy running the ship. So, you know, these aren't D'Antonio's guys. I guess it depends who they bring in. Well, they're, they're, that's the funny thing. I mean, there still are some. I mean, hell, Noah Kim, yeah. the starting quarterback, was recruited by Mark D'Antonio and his staff. So, I mean, there, there are still some dudes on that roster, you know, that, and, yeah, so that's that's interesting, but um, we'll see. How, let's see how this finishes. You know, let's see what you know how this season goes, what they're able to do, and then you know, kind of what the direction is with with, with the next coach for the future. Because a lot of these people came here for Mel Tucker. You know, these recruits. So yeah, I mean, there's going to be turnover every year, no matter if Mel was staying or whatever. But yeah, this is a there'll be some changes, but it's a little early to to kind of guess what those are going to be I'll, I'll make the case that the timing of this happening if this had to happen for michigan state the timing of it is perfect because if this happens in july a bunch of dudes leave right before fall camp absolutely um, if this happens in december same deal roster turns over and if it happens in december you're in a really bad time in the college hiring process not quite as bad as uh, February the last time they did it, but um, not a good time. You think about when schools are making moves on coaches now, a lot of times it's September, early October, because you can kind of get first in line um, to hire the next coach. So to me, it's, it's happening late enough in the season so that your guys are there. You're probably not going to lose a whole lot of guys after week two, I wouldn't think, um, because of this. Um, but now... I know he's technically suspended, but Alan Haller very soon can start laying the groundwork for hiring the next coach. Um, you know, maybe not publicly, but he can start back channel um, laying the groundwork for doing that. So, um, you know, you look at, you know, Nebraska and I'm trying to think of others. A lot of coaches are Wisconsin. A lot of coaches are getting fired around this time because athletic directors see that window of we're not screwing up our roster. Um, but we can, it's a, the best time in the coaching carousel calendar to be doing it. So nobody planned it. I'm certainly not accusing anybody at Michigan State of planning it that way. They had no um, control over when USA Today published uh, the story. But um, if they can take a step back from the chaos and look at it from that perspective, um, I, I think they came out fortunate there. Yeah. And the players are just going to have to rally around each other. They're going to have to rally around the coaches that are left because they, they're two games into a season, you know, and the games are not going to stop. The schedule is not going to stop. They're going to have to play this out. I mean, nobody in the Big Ten is going to care that Michigan State is dealing with this, and uh, the guys are going to have to try and focus and, I guess, play for each other at this point because uh, I'm sure plenty of them feel just as betrayed by Mel Tucker as many around Michigan State do as well. Uh, any other aspects to this that we need to touch on or – I mean, there'll be a lot of stuff going on. I mean, obviously, we'll be talking about a new coach um, at some point. I mean, not right now, but um, talking about a coaching search at one at some point, talking about um, salvaging the season. Um, but I don't know. That all kind of seems down the road. Um, for now, it's getting through Washington, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing. Like, I wasn't really going to talk about the game much. You know, there's a 16-point dog at home. This is one of the first, you know, when you looked at the schedule, this was one of the five, four games where – uh, they're going to be playing four top 10 opponents. You know, they get them at home this year. Last year, they could not 
stop Michael Penix. I mean, actually, related to D'Antonio, pretty sure he has faced Michael Penix before as a head coach, which is just like, come on, Michael. Like, get get out of college, man. What is this? Like, <laughs> Hey, Penix is a hell of a player, and I've liked him since his freshman year. I just cannot believe he's still there. Like, I thought, you know, transfer to Washington, smart, change of pace, you know, get out of Indiana. And I thought, you know, if he can stay healthy for once and have a good year, I, I cannot believe he came back, you know. But, yeah, hell, absolute uh, hell of a player. And, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna have their hands full. Yeah, they've just been absolutely unstoppable the first two weeks with Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze and those receivers out there. I mean, Michigan State fans saw it last year. It should be a pretty festive hype uh, Spartan Stadium, so at least you get them from home. You know, I'd bet a lot of money they're going to come out in those black jerseys. We'll see if Mark D'Antonio is also running out of the tunnel. But, uh, man, that's the vibes are going to be weird on Saturday. Like, it's going to be weird. I, I feel like we say this after every every time we go through one of these things. But, like, you, you just hope that everybody at Michigan State can, I don't know, figure out how to make this stop happening, you know, kind of to go back to what we started on. You know, I, I get, you know, Brent, I thought you – explain Michigan State fans feelings well just exasperation that these things keep happening and um you know whoever's in charge next however they go forward it's like they got to figure out a way for for this to stop happening Michigan State just has too much of a bad reputation this the place where these sort of things happen and there's a lot a lot of good people at Michigan State and a lot of people that are doing the right things but it just you know it takes one thing like this so I guess going forward like that that's my hope yeah, I mean, the nationally, it's embarrassing. I mean, people, anyone who's associated with Michigan State, even if you have nothing to do with this, like it's, it just brings a dark cloud. It's shame. It's, you know, you ask somebody in South Carolina about Michigan State, what are they going to think of? Oh, Mel Tucker and that thing then, you know, on the phone, you know, it's, that's what it's going to be for now. Just like the dark cloud of Nasser will always be there. So it's, it's not the same thing, but it's these scandals that nationally, people who casually follow Michigan State, you know, it's what they're going to associate with the program. So I agree, Kyle. They really do need to find a way to clean this up. But uh, I think that's good enough for now. I mean, obviously, Matt is, if you couldn't tell, a little bit sleep deprived. He's been up all night long trying to trying to report on this. And he had a whole day covering the Richmond game. And then all of a sudden, this news breaks at 1 a.m. So uh, that's the reporter grind. I guess that's what we sign up for when you're, when you're a beat reporter. But uh, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, stay on top of it. We'll be on all the developing news. And, yes, we will be at Spartan Stadium. On Saturday, Michigan State, Washington, it should be quite the scene as uh, the Mel Tucker era, I guess, comes to an end uh, at Michigan State. Like, I I can't believe I just said that, guys. Like, the Mel Tucker era is over. Like, we've been talking about this guy. This podcast started basically when Mel Tucker started. And that's all we've been talking about for four years. And and now it's just over. Like, it's over. It's it's weird. Um, But, yeah. That's going to do it. So uh, for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll see you at Spartan Stadium. And until next time, go green.